This episode was sponsored by Critical Dice and the Endless Bag of Dice. Welcome to the Compendium, a resource designed to help you spend less time learning D&D and more time actually playing. Let's start looking at leveling up your bard as we go level two and beyond. Um, Not taking into account the subclass, which in in bard language is known as your college, just what every single bard, no matter the, the subclass that you pick, will get as they level up each time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, second level, they get Jack of all trades. My favorite, uh, absolutely, because basically what it does is any skill that you don't already have proficiency in it, in, you can add half your proficiency to. Yeah. So you're pretty good at everything. Not to mention a lot of times you can have a ton of skills as a bard. And so either, so basically like half the skills you'll be proficient in, uh, a few of those you'll have expertise in, and then the rest, yeah, yeah pretty good at. Uh, yeah. Which is yeah. So like in the, in the start of the episode, when we were talking, you said that, that a lot of times DMs tend to pick bards because they fill in gaps. Mm-hmm. And usually bards are good at kind of filling in whatever gaps happen to exist there. And I think part of the reason why is that idea of like jack of all trades. Right. Yes. Um, and I think... I, I love when I found this out one day, I just want to share it. The the phrase jack of all trades can sometimes yes. be a negative, right? Mm-hmm. Because you think like jack of all trades, master of none. It's like, well, what good is that if it's like, you know, I dabble in a little bit of everything. But if you actually know the full quote, it's jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Yes. And it's it's that it's that like personified in a bard is that idea of like i've sampled everything and i can do all of it well enough yes i have tasted the smorgasbord of life and i know a a lot about a little or a little about a lot one of those two Uh, (laughs) um persuasion dang it um uh song of rest uh whenever you're doing uh, a short rest and you can re-roll hit dice uh your bard can play like lovely music and uh basically you can get an extra 1d6 hit points back um again these also go up uh pretty similarly to your uh bard inspiration but they max out at uh, a d12 so you can kind of like again slightly influence how well they heal using that musical magic right and just to clarify it's one die that each player Mm -hmm. can use per short rest it's not one for one like if you expend two hit dice as the fighter in your group you don't then get to roll 2d6 right it's just just single d6 for you as well as whatever however many hit you decide to expend Correct. And early on, that can be huge because oh when yeah, you, when you lose hit, when you're done with your hit dice, a short rest isn't going to benefit you anymore. So uh, not as, as much. So this is a great way to do that. Yeah. Um, third but level. You have but, to use hit dice, right? Um, yeah, actually, let me check that. Um, I'm pretty sure that in order to reap the benefits of that, you yes. have to roll at least yes. one hit die. So if you right. have expended all of your hit die, you wouldn't won't be able to good. still get a bump at your short rest. You have to have at least right. one to roll. Exactly. But in the, find yourself in a situation where you could really go for like, you have four hit dice and you want to spend two of them because that's how much you're probably going to need. You could just go with one and then let the song of rest bump you up. And now you have more for next time. But yes, mm-hmm. it, whenever you're taking a short rest 
and you regain hit points by spending hit dice, then you can do the Song of Rest. Right. Um, so Bardic College, uh, pick that the subclass up at third level. Uh, also, you get expertise, uh, just like a rogue does. Uh, you can pick two of your skill proficiencies, and your proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check you make that uses either one of those. So there's where you get like super good as you start to specialize a little bit in a few different things. Uh, so that's kind of nice. Um, what do you recommend people usually dump that into? Obviously, oh, it depends a little bit on character, but it, if you're just looking yeah. at, at a bard, like build the best bard, would what would you dump that bard. into? I reject the premise of that question. Um, but uh, there is no best bard, but persuasion typically uh, is a really, really good one. Um, and if you also uh, have taken some things like intimidation or deception, that would be really good. If you've got proficiency in uh, per, uh, perception, that would be also a great one. Acrobatics is another good one. Slot of hand, you know, all the, the hits. Are you just reading off of the list now? No, no, that's all <laughs> top of my head. Yeah, I, I did, I did like not bring- reading all of them I at this point. I did not bring notes to the jury box, Your Honor, I promise, uh, to the witness box. Um, so uh, fourth level, you get your first ASI, your ability score improvement. Uh, standard number of those, nothing really big with that. Uh, fifth level is kind of cool. You get fonts of inspiration. Uh, remember how we talked about those bardic inspiration die that you only have so many of them and you only get them back during a long rest. Now you can get them back at a short rest or a long rest, uh, which is kind of fun. Um, sixth level, you have counter charm, which I don't see used as often, uh, which is a shame. Uh, sixth level, you basically can use your words or music to disrupt mind influencing effects. So you can take an action and, uh, for the whole action, you're basically going to be performing your performance. It doesn't have quotation marks around it in the text, but it should, whatever that means. <laughs> Interpretive dance to get you out of the thrall of the mind flare. Um, but basically, cre uh, friendly creatures around you within 30 feet have advantage on saving throws against being frightened or charmed, which is really good against things like, you know, dragons and fae. Um, and if they can hear you or potentially see you, I, I allow that kind of flavoring in my games. Um, and uh, it lasts as long as you continue to, to do it. Uh, to perform. Your next yeah. So it, it's basically like a you do, do as an action and... You, it lasts until the uh, end of your next turn, but you could choose to just re-up it every turn and keep buffing them in that way that doesn't use any other resource other than your action. Uh, doesn't use up dice, doesn't use up spell slots, nothing else. You can just do it. Um, but yeah, uh, level 10, uh, expertise. You can pick two more skills to, be, uh, to get double proficiency in, which is great. Um, and then um, the last couple of things here are all the same thing. At level 10, 14, and 18, you get magical secrets. You have plumbed the depths of uh, the forgotten world and time, and you've discovered how to do new things, basically. Um, you can choose two spells from any class, including Bard, as long as you can cast them and they count as bard spells for you, and they are uh, included in the number of spells, uh, your spells known. So when it comes time for you to get a new spell, you now all of the books are open to you. Notice how it did not say, 
arcane spells. It's cleric spells, divine spells, arcane spells, any of the spells. Because bards, their kind of portfolio magically has a little bit of everything from everybody, unsurprisingly. Because they can cast Cure Wounds, which is a divine domain. But they also can do things that are clearly like wizard and sorcerer spells. So it's kind of fun that now they have everything open up to them. And so when people want to argue about like, oh, well, my level 20 wizard can do cast wish or uh, meteor uh, swarm or whatever. It's just like, yeah, so can my bard. Like, who cares? You're like, oh, right. Right. And like on um, one hand, that doesn't make sense, right? Because you're thinking, especially like divine domains, like those are getting, people are getting those from their gods. But yeah. on the other side of that, if you pull back further, if you're tapping into that echo of creation, the go. person created the gods, right? The person that spoke them or the thing or entity, however you want to mm-hmm. imagine that, that spoke them into existence. You're going to the above them to their boss, basically. Yeah. Kind and of, so it yeah. makes sense that you see, could tap into that because yeah. you're going straight to the source. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, like, I mean, because you're a, a cleric and a bard would both be getting their their uh, power for their spells from a god. It's just that one is a licensed distributor and the other one is using, you know, refurbished parts and recycling to upcycle stuff, right? That, that's basically what they're doing, but they that's why they don't have a full portfolio necessarily but the they can accomplish <laughs> yeah it's like the no-name brand it's like you know the smith brand um so yeah it's, it's pretty cool um and they get that uh three times so 10th level 14th level 18th level and then their kind of capstone ability superior inspiration is it's fine it's nothing to shout about but at 20th level when you roll for initiative and you have no uses of your bardic inspiration left you regain one use so when the chips are down, you're always ready. Okay. Yeah, that seems, especially compared to other ones, that seems kind of blasé. Yeah. But where you're getting your power from is not leveling up to a capstone. It, you're getting it along the way, and you're kind of already supercharged by that point. And so it makes sense that they're just kind of giving you something that it, that can be really helpful to everyone else, but doesn't necessarily affect you and your abilities because you're kind of tapped out already yeah. by that point. Yeah, exactly. But you know, you're, you 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 still can always think of something to to do, something to say, right? If you don't have enough dice to make it through your game after every single set gets put in dice jail, make sure you check out the Critical Dice and their endless bag of dice. You can get a new set of dice delivered to your doorstep every single month for as low as seven bucks a month. Compendium listeners can actually also get a special offer by using the code Compendium, C-O-M-P-E-N-D-M, for 50% off of your first month of dice. Just go to thecriticaldice.com and use that code at checkout. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to our conversation this week. If you haven't done so already, it would really help us out if you would take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. The Compendium is also on Patreon. So if you like listening, that is a great way to help contribute to the content that we create. New episodes are available every Tuesday and Friday or Monday and Thursday if you're a patron. And you can always keep up with us between episodes by following us on social media. Just look up the compendium, that's C-O-M-P-E-N-D-M, on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. 
Jason also shares a bunch of great content and plot hooks on his page, The Critical Dice, so make sure that you check him out and follow him as well. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will see you guys next time.